0: It's a real privilege to be able to come and share from God's Word again this morning with you. And um, what I want to share this morning is something that God has been teaching us. And what I'm sharing is from our own personal experience, but it's based upon the Word of God. And I hope this morning that each one of us will be challenged to, to think and to question and to question what we think we know and what we think we believe. Um, The topic this morning is is God's mission. What is God's mission? um, And what is it all about? Um, When we went to the mission field as missionaries after being trained and heading on out there, we went for a, a different reason than the reason we're out there for today. And this is because from that point back then we've grown and we've come to understand a lot more. And we've grown in our excitement and our thrill about God's mission and what God is doing. So this morning we want to share briefly an overview of God's mission as we have found out what it is through our translation of the old testament the the torah genesis through to deuteronomy um so our understanding of what we think mission is oh switch it on (laughs) so it it says it's on so do i aim it at anything particular oh maybe it's up is it down there you go. <laughs> you can tell I'm from the jungle. <laughs> um, our understanding of what we may think that mission is is influenced by where we were brought up and how we were brought up, maybe by from what church we attended and by what we have seen other people say and do regarding mission. So some of these things here that come to mind... Um, you know you go to churches and they're excited about mission trips and then you ask somebody well, what mission are you what are you doing in your mission and they might say well i'm going over to to help out medically people and other people might be church planting other people might be evangelizing um, so what we see and and hear as we're growing up forms what our view of missions is and I think it's important that we think about this because um each one of us needs to ask the question if we're a believer in christ do we consider ourselves to be missionaries or is this just for people who go overseas or is this just for people who have a full-time work in the church are we each one individually part of god's mission um as An individual, do we consider ourselves to be missionaries? And what is it that we are on mission for if we do consider ourselves to be missionaries? now A lot of us have this idea, I'm going to go and do something for God and this is my gift and this is what I have to offer and this is what I'm going to use. And then we're asking God to bless us and help us to accomplish our mission and our goal. And I think you know that we need to realize there's nothing particularly wrong with this or having this view but it is lacking greatly because the focus is upon me and upon my mission and my involvement in that and each one of us needs to you know be involved but we and we also need to know what how to be involved but as a church what is our understanding of a mission as individuals as well what is our understanding of of God's mission So the big question that i think we should be asking about really is is what is god's mission because we might be on mission but it might not be god's mission what is god on mission for if we're on mission what are we on mission for what are we actually hoping to accomplish and usually the answer could be well we just want people to hear about jesus so that they don't go to hell And oftentimes that's a motivating factor for us to be involved in mission. I know in their own experience that's what it's been. Um, We feel guilty if we don't tell people because they might go to hell and then we might be blamed for that. But we need to think a little bit more about this question. So if we want to um, find out the answer to this, there's only one place to go and that's to the Book of Beginnings. I don't know if you know, there's actually a book in the Bible that's called the Book of Beginnings. And in that book we find the beginning of everything, even missions. So where do missions begin? And it's really important that we know. So there's one book in the Bible, and we call it the Book of Genesis. In Talandic, they call it Mangasi but this is the place where we find the beginning of mission. We find out why God is on mission, what his mission is. As we find out, why are we here? Why is there anything in existence apart from God? And these verses that are listed here, if we go and have a look at each one of those verses and read them in their own time, we'll find that everything that exists, even mission, came from God and it's for God so if we're involved in mission don't we think it's important that we find out what God's mission is so that we know what we're doing and not just get so caught up with what we want to do for God this is a, a challenge for us so in answering the question what is God's mission we need to go to the book of beginnings and start right there if we go to the book of Genesis and we lay, uh, lay aside all that we have learned and think that we know about missions from the New Testament, which we we did, we came to a point where we realised we have to go back to the beginning and start translating the book of, of Genesis and start at the Old Testament. So what we, we did, and we, we did it unknowingly, we put the new testament aside we didn't throw it out we just put it aside and we went to the new to the old testament and it's like we put on a new pair of glasses and we started reading and translating and we were just mind-boggled to realize some of these things and i'll list them here for us to have a look at mission doesn't actually begin in the book of acts (laughs) Oh, that's a shock. I thought it did. I thought that's where mission started. No, it doesn't. Mission didn't begin with the very first Christians. But mission, like everything else, has a beginning. God has had a mission from before the beginning. So we might go back to the beginning to find out what the mission is, but even before the beginning, God had a mission. And that's why there is a beginning. (laughs) Before God created anything God guaranteed his mission and what do I mean by that well we'll hear a little bit later on about what this guarantee is but before God started his mission he guaranteed that it's going to be fulfilled that nothing would hinder the fulfillment of that that it will happen and then we also learn through going back to the old testament that god is inviting us into his mission to work with him he's not sending us out on a mission to do our thing for him but he's inviting us into his mission to work with him that is totally contrary to what we used to understand and think from a a new testament perspective so I'm hoping this morning as we listen to this and and think about it that we'll be challenged greatly to to think about what we think we know about missions. And then the last point is that we will come to understand is that if we join God in his mission, we abandon our own mission. Now what does that mean? You know, we've come to realise that we went out to the mission field to do some good things for God and asking God to help us to do them for him, but then we came to realise that it wasn't us doing anything really. It was God who was doing his mission and we were there working with him but seeing all these great things that he was doing. And we became, under, we became aware that our part in it was really not a part at all. It was all his work and all what he's doing. And that's why it's been exciting for us and today we're even more excited than ever before about this mission that we're on because we have come to understand just what it is that God is actually doing. So we need to go back to the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 1. And in the very first book of the Bible, we are told that three things came into existence simultaneously. Time, space, and matter. In the very first verse of the bible in the beginning time god created the heavens space and the earth matter they happen instantaneously if these things didn't happen like that all together at the same time there would still be nothing so we find that this is the beginning of god's mission we're told that these three things come together at the same time and right here, the story of creation begins and unfolds here at the beginning of the Old Testament. We begin to see that the narrative is the means by which God is going to reveal to us what his mission is. If we come to the Bible, generally if we are you know, going to church here in the West, we spend most of our time in the New Testament, most of our time from Romans to Revelation, And strangely enough, even our gospel messages seem to come from Romans, verses from Romans and stuff. But those epistles from Romans to to Revelation are for the church. And they're teaching sound doctrine and things that are really heavy. But the rest of the Bible from Genesis all the way through to the end of the book of Acts is actually narrative. There's no... Doctrinal teaching there, it's all a story, a big story. And through the story, these amazing doctrines that we find from Romans to Revelation come out without us even realising it. And we they come into our hearts and minds through a... Because we're, we're focusing on a story and listening to the exciting events of the story, we're unaware that we're actually drinking in and absorbing doctrinal truths and amazing things And if we go through the bible like this starting with genesis going all the way through to acts and focusing on god's big narrative we will find that by the time we get to romans and we start reading romans there's no confusion about what romans is talking about we go to books like hebrews it makes sense and so now we're finding after translating the pentateuch or the torah from genesis to deuteronomy we can read these amazing epistles and understand what they're talking about we don't have to look to commentaries and to what other people are saying we can understand them in the light of what we've already come to know through the old testament so the story of creation begins and unfolds here and this is the beginning of a story the beginning of god's mission we find it beginning here right in the very first verse of genesis god's mission will be fulfilled in time and inside the realm of the heavens and the earth. So the heavens and the earth are the place where God is going to do this mission. And it's going to happen in the realm of time. It's going to take time and it's all going to happen in this sphere. It's not going to happen on Mars. It's not going to happen on any other planet or outside of this sphere earth but in this on this earth in the realm of the heavens and in the beginning we begin to understand through the story that the heavens and the earth at this time were one realm and not divided as they are today so this is the way that God is going to unfold his mission and his story as the narrative unfolds the mission is revealed but incrementally step by step it's not all revealed at once like we want everything to be real quick so we we read verses in the new testament to try and get quick answers to our questions and to share the gospel quickly with people we get we want statements that are direct and come out at us and we we can just say oh thank you that was my question i got my answer now i can go home and i can just get on with what i want to get on with god doesn't always work like that and his The way that the bible is laid out we find that it's done very gradually and very slowly and information is is given incrementally it's given through pictures through graphic images through shadows through prophecies through secrets through mysteries and it's really amazing as you read through the old testament it's a beautiful story that's unfolded but it's all mysterious and it's all you know secretive there's things hidden there's pictures that are alluding to certain things and we we don't fully understand what's happening god's not giving us direct answers he's revealing it very gradually and very slowly in fact the bible tells us in the new testament that even the angels god's angels have been wondering what is god doing What's he up to? Why would Jesus go to the earth and die for this rotten human race? And even the angels are wondering. And so we should be wondering too, what is God up to? What's he doing? We're not going to get any quick answers from verses from the New Testament, but we're going to understand it through this process of revelation that is very, very gradual. Then later on, As we pass through the the main events of the Old Testament and become aware of these secrets and mysteries and pictures and shadows, we enter into the New Testament and all of a sudden, bang, the lights come on. Oh, that's what that meant. Oh, that's the meaning of that. And all of a sudden, the New Testament is revealing all of these things that were hidden in the Old Testament. And all of a sudden... Oh, it's just so amazing. You get enlightened in a in an amazing way. And this is what happens as we go on through the Old Testament, or through, through the New Testament. And only there we begin to see the meanings of all and begin to realise that God's mission is what it is and how it is being fulfilled. And so our eyes being opened to this and how the Bible is... Put together like this has made us realize that the whole bible is a miraculous work of literary art that is inspired by god and is so impossible that anybody could ever have written this book humanly speaking and put it together because it is so amazing and i'm only alluding to it what we've found but it's so exciting And one of the things is is all of these prophecies and shadows and pictures, they all mean something and it's all revealed to us in the New Testament. So if we go straight to the New Testament and we start teaching people in the New Testament, we are revealing something to them. But what are we revealing to people who have not gone through the Old Testament? We're not revealing anything. They don't know what the New Testament is really revealing to them we need to know what the facts are first from the Old Testament before we can have the New Testament revealed to us. So this has really transformed our lives and so on. So go back to the beginning of the Bible, the six days of creation. Through each day we see God's design and purpose, his mission revealed incrementally. He is creating a prototype for his mission. So in creation, God is creating something in preparation for something much bigger and greater still. What we read about the prototype in the beginning can be read about in the end of the Bible in the real thing. So the, the beginning of the Bible is giving us shadows and pictures and images of something that God is planning on doing. he isn't doing it yet he's not going to reveal it yet in the old testament when we get to the new testament he'll reveal it to us and then we will see the real thing so what we're seeing in the old testament is the shadows i think it was c.s lewis said you know that all of us don't realize that we're living in the shadows right now in the shadows of what's coming all of the beauty of this world and this life apart from the curse and the sinfulness of man all of the beautiful things that we see the most brilliant sunset whatever we see the most beautiful scenery and we're just overcome by it and awed by it and want to share that with other people but it's only a shadow that's still in the darkness of compared to what's coming in this new world that god is aiming for his mission It's so amazing. So the mission of God also will be accomplished over a process of thousands of years. And every day of creation is a picture of these years. Every day of creation is an image of a thousand years. We know that the Bible says that, you know, a thousand years in God's sight can be as as a day. A day is a thousand years. And so we see hidden in the creation story this amazing mission that god has the way it's going to unfold and it's going to take thousands and thousands of years and so when we get to the new testament and you know jesus is sending his disciples out on mission he doesn't say to them now go out and teach them to pray the sinner's prayer tell them to sign a decision card and commit to the Lord, ask Jesus into their heart and then get them to go to church every Sunday and if you can get that done, the, the job will be done, the mission will be finished. No, he doesn't say that. What does he say? He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me as a man, as a God man. It's been given to me. That's the good news. My kingdom is here. The fulfillment of this mission is very close. So, you must go out and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And you can be sure that I'm always with you to the very end. Now, that's going to take a lot longer than getting people to make decisions sign decision cards and come to church discipleship teaching people baptizing people that's why the mission that we're on in the philippines over 40 years we're still not done there's so much yet to be done so our mission we want it to be quick and we want to get things done and, and have a good feeling and come back and say well we've been over there and we've blessed people and we've been on mission. But God's mission is going to take much longer, thousands of years. Each day of God's creation represents ages, times, and shadows. And then there's prophecies that are made. And through this process, as God unfolds these prophecies and shadows, we see 100% fulfillment of all of these prophecies. And we know there's end time prophecies, but there's so many prophecies. The majority of the prophecies in the Old Testament, have been fulfilled. The remaining amount of prophecies is very minute. minute, Meaning that the fulfillment of this mission is very close. We need to be aware of that. We've already been told this morning, you know, when there's wars and rumors of wars and things going on around us, note the signs. The time is close. It's very true. But before this mission was started, Um, I've already mentioned this fact that the whole Bible is a miraculous work of literary art that is inspired by God and we've seen that and we're continuing to see this as we continue on but before this mission was um, done let's see um, sorry I've already gone through all of this so through each, each day of creation we see God's design and purpose revealed. He's creating the prototype of the goal of his mission. What we read about at the beginning of the Old Testament and we read about at the end. The mission will be accomplished through a process of taking thousands of years. And each day of God's creation represents ages, times and shadows of ages to come. So we've gone, gone through all of that. And then the thing I want to talk about now is before God started his mission there was a guarantee that was made. And this is, I mean, I could talk all day about this, but I better not because we need to get home for lunch. But mission was started, before mission was started, there was a guarantee that was made. And I want you to note these verses. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, and Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. Note those down and look at them later. Look them up and, and read them. But basically what these verses are saying, is before... God's mission began. There was a lamb that was slain. A lamb was slain. What does that mean? Again, it's a type. It's a shadow. It's something with a deeper meaning that has to be revealed through the whole story. But there was a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, before God even created the earth and began his mission, there was this guarantee made. So I'll just allude to that. But on the seventh day, We come to the seventh day in um, Genesis chapter 2. We've gone through the six days of creation in Genesis chapter 6. We come to the seventh day and we find that this day is totally different. There's more shadows and more pictures and more things alluding to what is going to happen. This is a prototype, prototype of God's mission, his goal of his mission, which is a kingdom. And as we look at this day, the seventh day, we notice some things about it that are different. This is the very first day of Adam and Eve's life, the seventh day. And this seventh day is totally different from the other six days. A day set apart with no mention of a morning or an evening. All the other days, it said there was a morning and there was an evening. Come to the seventh day, there's no mention of that. So we just see the seventh day is something very special, something set apart. Adam and Eve are placed in the garden on the seventh day and this is a picture in itself of this kingdom that God is aiming to um, have. We see God's people. who are God's people represented by Adam and Eve. Where are they? They are in God's place, dwelling together with him. What is God's place? It's this place called Eden. Okay, this is a secluded place in the big world that God has created. It's not just in the world, but it's a secluded place, a special place that God has set apart. And Adam and Eve are placed into this seventh day, into this garden. And this is where the revelation of God's kingdom mission is, is started. So God's people, Adam and Eve, in God's place, dwelling together with him in Eden, under God's rule and authority, in harmony with God and with each other and with the environment around them. This is such a massive picture. It just The whole Bible talks about this amazing thing this is god's mission he's going to have a kingdom where he's going to have people who are going to be ruling over his creation and he's going to live with them in this kingdom in this world an interesting thing remember that the heaven and the earth is still one at the stage okay so it's the heavens and the earth is the place where god is going to fulfill this so the heavens and the earth are together god is in there with his people in his place He's given them charge over all of his creation. And this is the picture of what God is aiming for. This is the goal and purpose of God's mission. Then we get a hint of God's mission in other verses. In Genesis chapter 128 and in verses, um, chapter 2 verse 15, we see that there's going to be lots of people. So in verse 27 of chapter 1 says god created humans in his image in the image of god he created them he created them male and female and then it says in verse 28 god blessed them and said be fertile increase in number fill the earth and be its master so god is giving these people a mandate he's saying i want you to be productive have lots of kids And fill the world with people, because I love people so much. I want to live with my people in my kingdom. But I want you to be in charge of all that I've created. I want you to be be the master. Fill the earth with people and be its master. Take control of it and look after it. And so we see God's mandate given to Adam and Eve right here. This is the goal and purpose of God's kingdom and then there's going to be work to do for these people god created them in his image and he put them in the garden and he says now this is yours all of this that i've created is yours you do with it what you want but don't forget i am the one who's given it to you i am over it all you need to live in this world with me under my authority And this is what God has done. And so Adam and Eve were to guard the garden. It was theirs. They make sure that nobody else come in there and mess with it. And they were to look after it. Now, the word, when it says God put them in the garden, the actual word in Hebrew talks about resting them in the garden. He placed them in the garden. Not to have hard toil and labour, but to enjoy it and to rest. It's a day of rest, the seventh day. It's a picture of enjoying everything God's created and looking after it, maintaining it, taking care of it, but it's not hard work or toil. So this is what God has done and he's inviting the humans into his mission. So he's created this place and he says, you humans, I'm giving this to you, I want you to be part of what I'm doing and it's all yours, it belongs to you. So this is again a hint of what God's aiming for. He's aiming for a place, he's going to dwell with his people, in a perfect place where they will be in tune with him, they'll be in tune with each other, they'll be in tune with their environment, which we don't see today, but we see the world trying to teach us to be in tune with the environment and with each other, but it's not working. This is just a, 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 like a copycat thing that Satan is doing, I believe, in the world, trying to copycat what God is actually designed to do. So this is what's happening God wants lots of people in this place and he's inviting the humans into this place. So Adam and Eve were created perfect but I want to mention something that they weren't yet complete. Now that that could be a pretty astounding statement if you think about it. They were created perfect. They were placed in this garden on the seventh day and when God looked at everything that he created, he didn't say what he normally said after each day after it, what he had created the things of day one day two he, he looked at it and it was it was good but when he comes to the seventh day it's all finished it's all set what does he look at he says this is very good this is the picture of what i want and i'm going to have this and i've made a guarantee that i'm going to have it and it's going to be complete but as everything else god had created but they weren't yet complete what does that mean i don't know what you think that means but adam at this point is able to fulfill the role that's been assigned to him as the king ruler over all of god's creation if he can manage that is adam able to manage master of the world and fulfilling all that god wants in the world The requirement is for this kingdom is that there's a under God's authority who acknowledges God, who is in tune with God, but rules This is the requirement. If God's mission is a king who is worthy. Is how will we ever know? Whether Adam is good enough to test, test. Well, I was told by God, look after it, take care. Him do that that is the very the f- very satan He. he get are if Wow. Well. a decision about it. And so it wasn't eating but that was against God and even though thank you okay okay so Adam's failed the test but God's mission is not failed we might think, oh man, Adam blew it. So does this mean that God's mission of having a kingdom of people is not going to happen? No, it doesn't. A new Adam is promised. Again, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. But it's all hidden and secret. But it's revealed through poetry and through pictures. God is saying, don't worry, I've got this... Under control. There's going to be a second Adam. One who is going to be worthy. A man. But not just a man, a God-man. And he's going to rule under the authority of God. And he's going to make sure that everything is in place. And so this, this God-man is promised. And God's mission having this kingdom continues so as we continue on with this narrative God's mission continues and will be accomplished and again there's these amazing verses and I, it was neat singing the verses that we sang this morning and the songs that we sang this morning all about God and his greatness because it is all about him and what he wants and as we go through the narrative we Begin to understand God's heart and what's happening with God. God loves people, He loves them so much, and He wants them to be part of His kingdom. He's invited us all into His kingdom mission, and this is what God is doing. But God says here in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9 and 10, and I really love this because it fits in what I've been trying to say this morning about the Old Testament. (laughs) before something even happens i announce it i announce how it will end in fact from times long ago i announced what was still to come i say my plan will succeed i will do anything i want to do why can god do that because everything comes from god he owns it and everything is for god and what he's planning to do he's going to do it and so As we look at God's mission being revealed incrementally through the Old Testament, hidden, and all of these mysteries and so on, God is saying, I'm revealing to you here what I'm going to do, what I'm going to accomplish. You're not going to understand this yet, but as you go through the story, you will understand. The narrative continues with a promise and a prophecy veiled through a type or shadow. The second Adam is mentioned right here in Genesis 3.15, but in a shadow type. This is what I referred to before. He has already prepared and advanced the salvation for the people of his kingdom. Before God started on this mission, there was a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, guaranteeing that God's mission is going to be fulfilled. Now, how's that going to work out? Well, as we continue on, we see that this this is alluding to God's wonderful plan of redemption a plan also a plan of teaching and training to get the first adam and all his descendants back on track and ready for the fulfillment of god's great mission so what's happening here is that adam has failed so adam has to be cast out of the garden and god already told adam in the beginning if you eat of this tree and making the choice not to carry on under my authority because you want to be the authority yourself then there's going to be a realm called death and there's going to be some nasty things that are going to happen and you're going to die and this came about as god promised it would adam and eve have to be sent out of the garden of life and they enter into the realm of death but before they do go out of the garden something takes place and i ask people do you think that we'll ever see and meet adam and eve some people say well i don't know because didn't god punish them for the sin that they committed Uh, won't they be in hell will we see them god reveals to us something really amazing in genesis 3 before god sends them out of the garden something miraculous happens Adam failed the test he's thrown out of the garden this is not the end of the story will we ever see Adam and Eve again were they punished by God for what they did these are questions that we should have something takes place before Adam is sent out what takes place that's right The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth is pictured in the animals that God takes and slaughters in front of Adam and Eve. Pictures of this lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. And God says these animals here are going to take the payment for your sin. And this is temporary, but something is coming. Someone is coming. The second Adam is coming to replace you and what i'm doing here now for you is your redemption your salvation which has already been accomplished by somebody who is yet to come and that you're to look forward to and right here in genesis 3:15 is the beginning of the gospel story that goes through the whole big narrative that we've been privileged to be able to tell the thailandic people and as we go through the old testament we see all these people looking forward to the savior to the redeemer who's coming who has been promised way back here in Genesis 3:15 and God slaughtered these animals and offered the salvation now did Adam and Eve receive that salvation of course they did the fig leaves that they had were taken off and the skins of these animals were placed upon them and again a picture of the righteousness of the second Adam that is going to be given to the first Adam, and enable him to be able to get into this kingdom that's still yet to come. But the second Adam is where the focus now comes to. It's all of, the story is all about the second Adam who's coming, who's going to come, and he's going to lay down his life. Someone said that God's kingdom mission is that he's going to have this kingdom full of people. He loves people so much. That he became a person himself he became a person so that he could come down and relate to us and be one of us and bring us into his kingdom that is awesome God became one of us laid down his life for us paid the penalty for our sin so that the sec- the first Adam could be redeemed and all of his descendants how could God possibly accept Adam and Eve at the, in the state that they were in. The basis of the, God's acceptance for them was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. I'm going to finish here, but the story goes on. And as you, you, we leave the garden and we see Adam and Eve go out into this world, they go out in fellowship with God. They don't go out as God's enemies. And there's a lot of evidence from the the New Testament scriptures showing that Adam and Eve have accepted the salvation and they are moving on. When Eve, this one of them is when Eve becomes pregnant and she gives birth to the son. What does she say? I've been given to birth to a, a man child by the help of the Lord. What is that showing? That she's looking for this Redeemer. For the second Adam to come, maybe this is him. Maybe the son of hers is him. She's expecting. She's understood. She's, and there's a lot of stuff with Adam even as well that we can see that he already believed too and they were looking now for the second Adam that's going to replace them. We see Cain and Abel. How did they know to come to God and bring sacrifices? Well, their dad and mum taught them from what they knew. So, we see evidences here of Adam and Eve going out into the world. And then God's story continues. And just in finishing up, we see from Genesis chapter 3 all the way through to Genesis chapter 9, story after story about all of these terrible things that happen. All of these, you know, the, the beginning, it's a book of beginnings. So, we see polygamy for the first time come in, we see murder. We see hatred we see pride we see arrogance we see people fighting and killing people wanting to have their own kingdoms without god all the way from genesis 3 to genesis 11 that's the pictures that unfold and we can see that man is still struggling to have a kingdom but without god and then we come to chapter 12 and it's like god says to us if we continue on in the story now that's enough i've shown you the state of fallen man who wants to have his own kingdom without me and he wants to control everything without me and it results in murder and death and all these horrible things that we see in the world today and god says i'm not going to have any part of that but watch me chapter 12 begins a new story again God is continuing on this mission. What does he do? He calls people in to his mission to help him. Abraham, come here. I want to build myself a nation of people that are going to represent me to all the nations. And so Abraham comes in, and here comes the story continuing on. And as we go on through the rest of the Old Testament, it just gets better and better and more and more exciting, and all of these things are revealed. And we come to know them in the New Testament. I'm just so excited about this and coming to realise this is what we are part of when we join God's mission. God's mission is to see all the nations worshipping him. At the moment we see all the nations fighting and killing each other and these terrible things that are happening in the world today. But this is temporary. We're not downcast. We're not defeated by these things because we know that the new world is coming. The new creation is coming. And we are going to be part of that. And at the moment, we're part of God's mission of seeing that fulfilled. So God's mission is clearly stated and taught through the whole of the narrative. And he's inviting us to enter into this mission with him and work with him. And then I want to say in finishing this, and this is very powerful. When we enter mission with God, we enter the greatest movement in history, the ingathering of people from every tribe and language and nation until the full number of Gentiles comes in and all Israel is saved. The son of man descends, the second Adam descends as the son of man, as the king with power and great glory, as the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And the earth is full of the knowledge of his glory as the waters cover the sea then the supremacy of Christ, the second Adam, will be made manifest to everybody and he will deliver the kingdom, the fulfilment of this great mission to God the Father and all will be in all completed. What an amazing thing, what an amazing story. This is the story of the Bible and this is the story that we take out to those that don't yet understand it. So this morning my challenge is to each one of us If we know the Lord and we've trusted in him as our Lord and Saviour, this is what we've entered into. Right now, we're on this journey of going forward to see this great mission fulfilled. We're still living in the shadows, in the darkness. But one day, all of that's going to be gone. It's going to be brilliant light. We're going to have new bodies. It's going to be a new creation, a new world that we can function and live in where we'll be in tune with God, we'll be in tune with one another, we'll be in tune with all the environment around us and we'll be under God's authority and we'll be secure forever. Man, what a great hope we have. And I I just, to me, I just could talk about this all day and all the rest of my life. It's just so good. But this is what excites us and keeps us going. And we are so thankful to the Lord that you've joined us in God's mission, enriching the Thailandic people and inviting them into God's mission. But we are all in this together, working together and seeing it accomplished. And so, man, the, the, the focus, focus it, it comes up off of ourselves, we forget ourselves and we focus upon this great, amazing God who's doing this amazing thing. Father God, we are just so thankful this morning for yourself, the great, mighty God who is the source of all things and for all who all things have been created father we thank you that you've created us with a destiny with a purpose you haven't just lord just made us and abandoned us in this world but father even all the troubles and things that we go through and the things lord that are happening to other people that we're praying for and grieved over we thank you lord that these are temporary when we see them all in the light of this great mission that you have, this great narrative. Father, thank you that you love us so much, that you were willing to become one of us, that you were willing, Lord, to be our hope, our our second Adam in whom we can be placed into and become your people again, but in a secure place, Lord, that will never be, um, we'll never escape from that or never, be left alone but father we'll be secure in, in the second Adam and the Lord Jesus for all eternity thank you Lord that you have revealed these amazing things through your word we pray that this morning Lord as we've listened to this that our appetites might have been whetted and that we might be encouraged Lord to start reading your word the Bible from the beginning and going through and and trying to find out what it is Lord that you're trying to reveal to us and before we enter into the New Testament Father, I thank you for the privilege we've had of translating your word into the Thailandic language. And through this, Lord, we've seen, Lord, these amazing things that have been spoken about this morning. But, Lord, we know each one of us this morning has the opportunity to do that ourselves, to take your word and to to even read a version and translate it into our own simple language that we can understand it simply. And by doing that, Lord, we can go through and, and go deeper and understand better the things, Lord, that you're trying to tell us. So, Father, I pray that each one that's here this morning will be motivated, Lord, to um, enter into your mission, to be part of it, Lord, but not to hold up their plans and goals and desires to fulfill things for you, but, Father, they might just abandon all of that and be lost in the beauty and the magnificence, Lord, of your great mission. Father, thank you that you are willing to allow us to come in and work with you. As you invited, Lord, the the great men of old, we think, Lord, of Adam, we think of Noah, we think of Abraham, think of Joseph, we think, Lord, of all the people all the way through the Old Testament that you called in to your mission to see it happen. And we know, Lord, that that invitation is still for us to be involved in your mission today in the world that we live in. Father, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you so much for the Lord Jesus, for the payment that he's made for our sins. And Father, for allowing us to come into your family and to be your people. Father, we're just overwhelmed with gratefulness and thankfulness. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us this morning. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you, Lord, that you've spoken to us through your word. And we just ask, Lord, as we leave this place now and go out into our day, that we would be filled with joy anticipation and hope and all of the wonderful things, Lord, that come from walking with you. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.